afternoon and welcome to the Pokevolt podcast. I'm Bellybolt VGC here with my co-host Chris Titan Nexus. Today's special guest is Hootie, also known as Darius. Hello, hello. <laughs> Glad to be on here. Darius, you want to give us a quick rundown, like a little quick VGC history? Oh boy. Uh, so just like I'm sure everybody, like I've been listening to the podcast, a lot of people have started from singles format. Uh, I've been playing Pokemon since like Gen 4. I've been playing a lot of OU, UU, RU, stuff on Smogon. Uh, paid into like a lot of YouTubers that really got me into it. And then the transition with VGC uh, started when a channel recommended called Moxie Boosted came into my inbox around uh, early Sword and Shield and stuff. Um, post-COVID, all that stuff, really wanted to go to a regional. So I was like, you know, this year's the year. So I went to Charlotte and things like, okay, this is the one regional I'm going to go to. I'm going to try my best. And I ended up making day two Charlotte uh, at my first event. First, uh, first time going to regional, made day two. And that was nice. That was amazing. Tons of fun. Tons of experience. And so I ended up going to a couple more. Went to Hartford. Did fine there. Didn't like the team too much. Ended up 5-4. and four, And then uh, just now uh, finishing up Milwaukee. Went 5-4. Milwaukee again, but enjoyed the team a lot more this time. Uh, felt way better than last uh, than the last regional, and I did the side event uh, today, and I went five and two, just barely missing out on top eight. That's awesome. So that's really yeah. cool. So in, today in the Reg D tournament, was it a Reg D tournament or was it Reg C for the side events? Uh, side event was Regulation C. However, my one of my opponents did have a pixie plate on their flutter main. I let it slide. <laughs> we were talking about it. It was funny, but whatever. But it was all Reg C. Um, standard faces that you'll see. A bunch of the players that were uh, five, four, six, three, day one uh, signed up for side events like Tom Hayden stuff. Um, I think uh, Eric Stewart signed up as well, and Darsh was there. Heck yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so kind of... You touched on how you've done that so far in the season. Do you have any goals for the rest of the season? So I'm only going to one more event, which is NEIC. I was I was really thinking like maybe I can go to Fresno. I was like, no, it's too close to Milwaukee and it's expensive out there. So I'm going to NEIC. Um, it's gonna be really fun uh, hanging out with a bunch of the guys in the group uh, that I met in Charlotte. Um, honestly, I. You know, it's gonna be a lot more people, and the the competition will be like way more stiffer than what it already is now. But the goal is still trying to make day two. But I'm I've changed my mindset, like over time and stuff, like how to prepare for each regional. I was one game at a time, just trying to go positive in Charlotte. Made day two, then I was really full of myself in Hartford. I will not lie about that, and I got a really nice slice of humble pie. <laughs> And then went back to one step at a time in Milwaukee. Still went five and four, but I was much, much more happier with how things went uh, for the most part all day. Um, so yeah, gonna go to NAIC, uh, debating on whether I use the same team or not. Um, goal still try to make day two, but of course one step at a time and have a lot more fun along the way. So you also recently 
made a your own Pokemon ROM hack. Uh, what inspired you to develop your own game, and about how long do you think before you're finished? Oh boy. So, ever since I started playing Pokemon, uh, my first game was Pearl. Um, ever since I started playing Pokemon, I always was like, oh, I would love to make my own Pokemon game one day. Um, and I was like, oh, I would add all this cool stuff and everything like that. Um, and it was one day when I finally got my uh, second laptop. My first laptop was a little crappy, whatever. But I got my second laptop and I had the uh, ability to actually now download this thing called Pokemon Essentials. It was made by, uh, oh god, what's the guy's name? I can't remember his name on top of my head right now, but it was one guy in Sweden, he made this thing called Pokemon Essentials off RPG Maker. And basically it's just a template where you can use RPG Maker with a bunch of Pokemon coding that he did himself uh, to basically customize your own game, all the way to the point where you can do your own region uh, based off Fire Red and Leaf Green graphics so it's been a lot of fun messing with that I've been now messing with it for about four years probably going on five years now I have way too many hours in RPG maker on Steam alone and Lord knows how much time I've spent in a uh, Microsoft paint trying to do all the artwork and stuff but yeah it's been really fun I recently uh, made version 0. Uh, 38.2 right now the game is up to a little bit past the fifth gym leader if you were to speed run it like super fast like skip all the Texans up it's approximately 12 hours of gameplay and as it stands right now it's currently up to all gen 7 functionalities all Pokemon uh, all abilities and stuff few bugs gotta iron out the kinks there and now I'm in like the process of trying to upgrade all that stuff to add a Gen 8 Pokemon in the game, abilities, items, all that fun stuff. Um, while also making the dev toolkit a little bit easier and adding more functionality for the player to do. In game, I think I want to say I'm like 60-65% done with the game right now and in terms of updating it fully to um, Generation 8 in all the uh, script writing and stuff, I'm probably only like 20% of the way there so far. It's probably going to take a month until I'm done with that. But the goal is by the end of this year, I want to get be done up to uh, gym number seven and use uh, and use the uh, Dynamax forms as Mega Evolutions because I think that would be very neat. I'm not a big fan of Dynamax. I don't. Dynamax is very divided amongst the community as a whole, but I think making the Dynamax forms as mega forms will uh, add much more fun to the game. That is a really interesting take. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I also uh, have been buffing a lot of like the weaker Pokemon as well. So Pokemon that like I like personally, example, I really love Whiskash. It's my favorite water type. I think it's like for me, it's top three my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> I really love it. It was my first Pokemon that I ever got to level 100 as a kid. Uh, in Diamond, in Diamond and Pearl. Don't know why that was the case. I just really liked the stupid face it made. But yeah, buff its stats to make it a little more viable to use. So any people that are out there would be like, oh, I really want to use uh, 
uh, Ledian so badly, but too bad it sucks. Well, Ledian's buffed in my game stuff, whether it's typing or stats or it's move pool and stuff. So, yeah, I want to try to make the game more fun for everybody in that aspect. Do you so? Do you change well, abilities but, abilities at all? Because I just had the funniest idea pop in my head for Wish Cash. Oh God, let's hear it. But yes, I do change so abilities. So listen, let's hear Wish it. Cash, Mini Dondozo, give a random water fit like one a small fish from the third gen. The commander ability encode it to work like Dondozo oh. does with another fish. That would be it would just be really funny because I feel like Wish Cash is like an early form, you know, it's catfish, similar kind of design. <laughs> it would be so funny if you did that'd be so unexpected someone's playing through your game and then commander happens in an you know an older gen Pokemon, they're gonna be like, What is this? <laughs> oh my god, that sounds amazing. I'm not gonna lie. If I were to do that for a Pokemon, I I don't know how that would work. But I would almost want to do it for a wishy washy. Oh, that that would that be would really be, cool. I think that would be funny, but wishy washy's like a school form that's already in, in an ability in itself. Yeah. So I would probably have to uh, make the school form itself its own standard Pokemon yeah. alone, so I could give it its own sort of really. That, you know, that sounds like a great boss fight, actually. <laughs> you know, thank you. You just gave me an idea for uh, for hard Heck mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for that plan to the game so I, I hope to be done with the game by next year um and I think after I upgrade everything to generation 8 uh let alone uh get the gen 7 or whatever I think once everything gets updated to generation 8 and I add some more polish to it I want to try and start uh outletting it out whether it's on twitter of course to the guys that I met in VGC uh in in our servers and stuff and I think a place I can do it on as well as Relic Castle. And if I and also if I had to give credit to the people that inspired me and slash helped me make this game, uh, it is one the uh, the Pokemon Rejuvenation Dev Team. Uh, the guy in charge of that team, his name is uh, Jan. And the other major person I follow on that team as well, uh, she goes by always pronounced wrong. I think it's. Han, I think it's Hanjos or Hanjis or whatever. Uh, she's formed, but she's the artist for their uh, group, and she does uh, some of the music for them as well. But Jane is uh, the guy who's been in charge of the Rejuvenation series, and he does Pokemon Reborn as well. Those are two prominent fan games in that community. And the other person that helped out a lot, uh, there's a man named uh, Fundaga on YouTube. He streams, uh, uh, he streams uh, not too often on Twitch, but I've talked to him a couple times, and he's done tutorial videos uh, online, and he really likes helping people out and pushing other people's like Pokemon projects out there as well. And I would absolutely love it for him to one day test out my game. I've talked to him before. He said he would be more than welcome to do so. So. By the time I'm done pushing this Gen 8 update out for my game, I'm gonna send it to him and hopefully he gives it a chance, gives me a review. I don't care if he says it's absolute garbage or not. I don't think he will say that, <laughs> but. <laughs> no, it's been, it's been really I, fun playing it through. I, it's yeah. a great game. Oh yeah. It's great seeing everybody uh, messing around with it and stuff and doing the Nuzlocke challenge. Yeah, the Nuzlocke oh, challenge was, was I Oh yeah! Oh 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 yeah! Chris, you tried the Nuzlocke. Oh yeah, how was that for you? 
it was a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> like, that was, like, if it weren't for seeing what everybody else was going through, and, like, kind of getting, like, having, like, some type of knowledge as to what I was about to go against next, uh, I would have never made it that far. Like, it was just, it was hard. It was yeah, really and, hard. Yeah, and, and at that point, too, um, seeing somebody going through the Nuzlocke Challenge as well, I'm trying to make the game. Fan games, it's hard to find that right style of difficulty for certain players. Of course, if you're playing a fan game, you obviously are into Pokemon. You're looking for either something more challenging or a different experience altogether as well. But I would still want to try and accommodate for people that are just like, um, that are just like, they're they're big enough a fan in Pokemon, but like, if they're not too like skilled or good or whatever, or want to deal with like a very complex battle, or whatever, I'm trying to create a proper normal mode for that, and I want to make a proper hard mode for the guys that want to drive themselves insane and go up a wall. <laughs> in our friend group, there's a few so, of them out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, yes there is. Alright, so would you guys like to jump in and recap Milwaukee a little bit since you just competed? Oh boy. Uh, I guess I'll start. So, the team that I brought to Milwaukee, I brought Murkrow's um, son. Uh, Murkrow was... I'll just go through the entire pace real quick. Uh, Murkrow's son, Terror Ghost, was uh, Standard Tailwind Taunt, Sunny Day, and Foul Play. Uh... So, almost all gas. King Gambit, Terra Dark, um, Swords Dance, Sucker, Kowtow Cleave Protect, um, Amoongus, Standard, uh, Protect over Clear Smog. Um, I had Great Tusk Scarf, Iron Bundle, Terra Ghost, uh, and I had Fluttermane on the team. And it was very fun. I'm glad I uh, swapped to King Gambit rather than sticking with. Chiyu. Chiyu is a great Pokemon, but I have my gripes against it in the past <laughs> in certain events and competition, but whatever. Uh, started out 4-1 uh, really well. Uh, notably, in that 4-1 start in my second round, I lost to uh, Siddharth, if that's how you pronounce his name. Really great player, really cool person to talk to. He went 8-1 and one day 1, and I think he finished uh, day 2, 10-4, but it was a really close match. Um, went the distance. Um, his choice specs Godango was annoying to play against a bit, <laughs> and what ultimately did me in was in game three. Uh, he swapped out one of his Pokemon with uh, with Bax, and it was AV Terra Poison, and it had quite a bit more special defense than what I was expecting. And he still had a Mousehold by his side, so that's what happened there. It was a great match all around. Cool dude to talk to. Um, after that, won three more games in a row. Played hard Trick Room. Uh, tried my best against it. It's just a natural counter to uh, a bunch of the faster, hyper-offensive teams. Um, made one mistake in that game in game two, but honestly, I don't think it really mattered too much. But fun fact, though, that hard Trick Room team was carrying a uh, Arbeliva, and that was really nice to see. Yeah, it was just the Harvest Citrus Berry set. I remember you talking about that, and I was so surprised to hear that. Oh my god, yeah. it was great. I I love it when I run into weird stuff like that. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah. And so that put me at 4-2, and, and 
he, the trick room guy, he finished six and three, just barely missed out on day two. And and uh, lastly, to give you my third loss, I went up against uh, Jin Chi. He was running Mirror, Mirror team against mine. Uh, small differences with Pokemon. I think he had an Annihilate on his team. Uh, but the biggest uh, factor of it all was his Murkrow did not have Sunny Day, it had Quash. So trying to play around that fun mind game, dealing with Quash and stuff like that, uh, it led to my demise and ultimately that put me at X3 and ended my run for day two there. But otherwise, I was honestly, I was, like I said, I was really happy with how Milwaukee went. I don't think really for a moment I played like bad at any part. Um, I was really focused uh, and I was pretty, I was, like I said, I was just happy with how the team performed and stuff. Ran into a bunch of Godangos today. Um, with also note, uh, Godango finished runner up today uh, with James Evans' team. That's a really strong team. Oh yeah, it's fun, and I can't wait to get my hands on it. <laughs> We're gonna learn all about it. I'm gonna have fun making. Oh yeah, yes we are. There was also a lot of worm. <laughs> the worm. <laughs> the worm. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> Which I know Miller was ecstatic for, and I was pretty happy oh. seeing how far it did. Because I've been considering bringing it to NAIC, and yeah, I'm pretty. But now I'm kind of worried because it's like now everybody's seeing the worm and what it can do. H how many people are going to like counter these teams now, like before NAIC? Yeah, that, that's what has me a bit nervous with the Worm. It's it's a team that I love playing myself too, but uh, kind of like Palafin, you know, zero to hero real fast um, and hero back to zero really quickly. Uh, it won two regionals and then everyone prepared for it and its percentages dropped dramatically. We did see our, actually our friend Brian Jens made it to day two with the Palafin, but uh, you know, hit a hard wall in the higher matchups. Um, and it, it probably is due to that, you know, everyone knows the counterplay to Palafin really well these days. Um, so that's something I think the worm may face that, you know, here to come in the next few weeks, but it, it's still up in the air. You know, if you learn to play the worm right and you bring it in at the right times, it's a team that I think will hold up until the end of regulation C. Um, honestly, with, with Worm, in my opinion, I don't think it will fall off as hard as Palafin did, in my opinion. I think with Palafin, there's so much more direct play against it, with uh, a, a lot more Gyaradoses running around. So not only you have a free Intimidate into it, uh, it's all, it already resists um, pretty much all moves that it can ask for, being Jet Punch, Wave Crash, and even Close Combat uh, that they've been running as well. And... Uh, T-Wave uh, can slow it down as well. You have to deal with Iron Bundle as well with its freeze drives, or if you don't use freeze dry, you can just slow it down even more. With Icy Wind, if you don't run Grass Terror Palafin, you're gonna get spored by Amoongus. It's just, way, in my opinion, it's way more easier to to stop a Palafin player versus Worm, because Worm, you kind of know what it does already with Shetail. And same thing with Palafin, you already know what it, it's gonna run and stuff. Um, you know, Orphorm's gonna run Shadow Tales but in my opinion, the difference is with Orphorm is that the bulk that it has 
uh, physically, it's it's still going to be a threat if you're able to uh, take care uh, of the Fluttermanes of the world, honestly. And if you're able to play around uh, different bundles or cheese for matter, and even then, you have Terrifier on your side with Worm. I don't think it's going to get shot down as harsh as you guys may think. It'll be played a little bit more probably in Fresno, and then you'll probably see it shot down a little bit more going into NAIC. But there's already, like, you, the, the way you stop Worm is you just gotta hit it with uh, special attacks and just make sure that it stays below 50% after Citrus. Yeah. So that it can't get that free Chateau off. Yeah. I mean, easier said than done, depending on the yeah, player. Yeah, because it's wild because the mods that you like to do that with, like you said, are the special attackers. And not only that, Worm has a good matchup into both of them. So if, you know, you can live those first two hits and get an iron defense off, or you can, you know, turn around and body press or heavy slam. Heavy slam Oko's Flutter. And then if you body press into the bundle, yes. it, it gets it within that 20 to 30% range. So you can normally finish it off with an extreme speed if you can switch in or have the Dragonite or even Chen Pao lead with it. Then you can sucker into those mons and then the body press finishes it off. So it's a, there are counters and synergies on the team that are literally built for that. And I think that, you know, it's hard to match when the, the team is built around having answers to all of the things that can threaten the worm. And the biggest one that you missed out, Tinglu. I mean, oh yeah. It's... What can I say about Tinglu? It, it, <laughs> it chops down all special attack, uh, all special attacks going into Orkhorn by twenty five percent already. And oh, you want to use Fluttermane? Uh, catch this heavy slam. Yeah, it, it's a really nice team. Like, like you said, Miller was excited to see it do so well, and I, I'm excited to see how the the team adapts. You know, like Titans made a variation of it, and I know that other players have started make making variations of it. So it will be really cool to see, you know, how the worm adapts to answer some of the counterplay to it. You will see it pop up on different variants. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. So how do you guys think the meta will shift within the next week for Fresno, though? Honestly, I think you're still going to see... Um, you might... Uh, you know what? After Hartford, you saw a lot of people running the quote-unquote uh, New Balance team that like Wolfie ran out there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that trend's going to continue, to be honest with you. Um... At least to my knowledge right now, there's no real easy way of dealing with this New Balance as much as it was dealing with Palatin. Um, I think it's just going to trend more towards New Balance a little bit more. Uh, Godango's going to pick up a, uh, a lot more, I think, after James's performance as well. And I think, personally, I think uh, Murkrow Sun teams are going to fall off a little bit as well. Um, Otherwise, I don't see it really changing too drastically. I think it's going to stick with the uh, New Balance uh, guys at the top. Um, and everything else will fall in line and just see how you can outperform those New Balance players. Yeah, I'm kind of with that. You know, I think the meta has kind of found this spot where it's sitting and now everyone has their teams. I mean, you've seen these pros who have brought the same teams for the past three to four regionals. You know, even in... from. Series 2 to Regulation C, there wasn't very many changes, you know, like for example, I know Alberto Lardin performed super well today, but he has in the past with the team, and uh, 
you know, he just adapted one of the Ruinmons onto his Series 2 team. And you've seen a lot of that, you know, with these players who are very comfortable. Um, Colin with the Rain team and the Pelipper, you know, it's a, just a slight shift from what he was playing before. Um, you see a lot of these guys who have these teams that they're very comfortable with and they make these slight adaptations into the new seasons and they really do have these performance you know for example james james's team is a team that he was running in season one and two and he just added chen pao onto the team and it made it you know it gave it that extra boost and then he shifted terras to kind of go with the meta um and has adapted the team and you know made it better over the time so i think that we will we'll kind of see that continue you know you're going to kind of have these same teams that the terras may change slightly or the ev spread might change slightly and they're more optimized but i think we are at a comfortable spot in the meta um i who do you write about murkrow I, I i myself have seen it falling off and while it's still good at times there's just a lot of counterplay to it now and mons that can outspeed and do enough damage way too fast um so it yeah, I think those are all good predictions. Titan, what about you? You have any predictions for Fresno? Uh, I don't. I don't think anything's really going to change. I think we're going to see some of the same things. I think people are really kind of done building for regulation C, uh, C, and yeah, they're just kind of going to go into NASC with what they have and what's been working, and then start preparing for that regulation D. Yeah, that was a huge announcement. You know, we kind of skip over that there. Um, just for our listeners who, if you don't know, I'm sure you do, everyone does. But Regulation D was announced, and we have access to all of the home mounds, home mounds now besides Restricteds. So it is a very interesting format, and I think everyone is ready for this fresh breath of air. I think Definitely. it's too much power creep, personally. But, hey, hey. it's just going to be... It, the sad thing is... I, I kind of feel for the guys going the worlds a little bit. I mean, a lot of the, I talked to like Luca uh, day two. He didn't make day two, so I got a chance to talk to him over in the uh, premiere challenge. He says he act, he actually loves the fact that they're just throwing everything in there. I do too. And he and he's ready to take on the challenge. Person for me, I guess maybe it's just me being a newer player as well. I think it's a lot to to handle when you have all four of the genies showing up with new moves as well too all their different forms. Regieleki, I think a lot of people are going to over-prepare for Regieleki a bit, but it's justified. It's absolutely justified. I don't justified. know. I and do not know. I have Listen, I have said this two days in a row, and again, after three more Regulation D tours today and one-shotting, even Terra Ice Regieleki, just for an example, you can still one-shot that Mon with one hit. And there are mons under Tailwind that outspeed it very easily. So if you have priority, to, really? yeah, again today, okay. like Reggie Alecki teared ice on me, and I was like, oh, this is a threat because I had Great Tusk out on the field. Nope, I Tailwinded, Ground Terror, Earthquake, and everyone on the field died. And Reggie Alecki, Ice Terror included. So I don't think that there's very many. If you can Grass Terra, you can survive hits, but you still have Bundle who can turn around and just one-shot you. It's a very frail Mon, and I think people are forgetting that because it came from a Dynamax format, and a lot of these Mons did, and I think that's the misconception because playing against them and doing the Calcs for it this week, the, the Regulation C teams still stand up to them very well, and... Uh, Sam and I, you know, got in a debate about this last night, but I think that a lot of these Regulation C teams, you will see very slight adaptations going into World. So I was playing on the casual ladder with my Regulation D team, and I Terra Ghost Bitter Malice 
a Cresselia, and it only did about 75%. It's going to be interesting, Regulation D. I haven't got my hands on Regulation D too much right now. Um, I think I think Ursaluna will also be fun. Mentioned we skipped over that. Uh, Regulation D is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm not gonna be playing it personally. I mean, I mean, I have fun with it on Showdown, but I, I don't really have a reason to touch for it for like competition or whatever because it's only gonna be used in uh, used in worlds. Yeah, that's uh, there's a we had this debate last night where everyone was talking about it, and it's kind of upsetting that the you know this format that is a really fresh breath of air and it's exciting to have these new mons, but we don't really get to compete. You know, if you're well, for me, I'm really upset that NAIC didn't fall into that. You know, we've been in Regulation C for a long time, and I feel like all of us have got comfortable in it. And I do like those longer spreads, so it's nice. You know, I have a whole nother month now to prepare for NAIC and play in Reg C. Um, so, so it's really nice to have that practice, but I was kind of looking forward, you know, to something a little new because it's been, what, two months now? Well, I mean, so Regulation D is gonna be for the next like two months so worlds is in august and then we'll still have um and then i guess we might get something new for september for when the circuit opens back up again starting maybe <laughs> yeah I, I don't know because i hope they give us a little time because they did a if they do like an extended period of the home mons um because I feel like if they did something new, the DLC comes out, you know, in the fall. So I, I don't know, like, what that cycle looks like for them. But to introduce a new, like, what could they do really besides adding restricteds? And I don't see them adding restricteds that quickly when we're getting ready to have DLC drop. And a lot of mons who would just be outclassed by those restricted mons won't even get a showcase. So we may just see, like, a you know, something to do with the DLC depending on how quickly that comes. Yeah. I mean, we'll still get to use the mons in, like, tournaments and stuff, most likely, unless they just take it all back, like, for when the circuit opens back up again after Worlds, so. Uh, I think that's going to depend on whenever the DLC drops. <laughs> I'm not too sure when it, it drops, drops but uh, whenever the DLC drops. November? Okay, so we'll, we'll definably have a home circuit, yeah. for sure, beforehand. Oh, so did they actually announce that it was November? Yeah, the DLC. We've known that the DLC is coming out in November. Oh, I thought it just said fall. No, so the other one just. Uh, so the second one just says like late fall, but we know it's it's always November. Okay, okay. They they do typically drop like either end of October or like early to mid November. Like it's always November. Yeah. And then the other one's Heck gonna yeah. be like. The other one's like in December or January. It's like really close. They're like really close together. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. It'll be, it'll be really cool to see what, what formats pop up then. Yeah. Next year, uh, I'm going to be giving VGC uh, a full attempt That's next it. year. So uh, whenever they release the uh, the travel schedule for where all the regions will be held at, I'm, I'm going to... Make a listen. Make a full shot to see if I can make it to world. I'm am w- with the Discord server. I've got I've got investments in the hoodie stocks, and I will continue to invest. And um, <laughs> I'm holding out for an NI. Listen, I, I don't hold me on this because I don't know exactly how it works. What what is it? Top eight or top 
there's a certain top number that at an international championship, if you hit that, you get an automatic invite to Worlds. Yeah. Day one or day two. Yeah. So there is still that you are a great player. And I think you've hit, you know, you've hit tough matchups, but you're very good at analyzing those matchups and knowing how to progress, you know, and getting better with that. So I think going into NAIC, if you use this next month to really prep for that, I don't doubt seeing you in day two, you know, and that gives you that shot at getting your day one invite to Worlds. Um, I'm certainly going to try my best. I really do. I really do love the support that you guys, uh, uh, you Tyler, you Chris, and everybody in Discord, Brian, Gus, all of them. I really do love the support. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to take it one game at a time at NAIC, and I'm going to I'm just going to try my absolute best, have fun with it, and whatever happens, happens. I will say, yeah. Gus is not allowed and... to talk shit to you ever again. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's fine. I it, We had a good time today. <laughs> it's fine. But, um, but yeah, if I do make day two, though, or anybody in the server, I, you know who I want to make day I The person I want to make day two the most out of everybody, though, I want Miller to make it. That's the person I want to make it the most. I, listen, I really do too because watching him grow as a VGC player this year has been, for one, one of the most phenomenal growths I've seen amongst my friends. When he first joined the group and like helping him build teams and stuff and like making him, there was a point where I don't think Miller could beat me in a set for like weeks at a time. And then he's grown to a point now where it takes me weeks to beat him and figure out how he's running a team. He has mm -hmm. just adapted so well, and like his skill level has went through the roof. I've really enjoyed yes. watching him grow as a player. Agreed. And and I want to add one more point as well too. Uh, talking about like with the group, uh, everybody getting better and stuff like that. I will say this: this has been the most fun I have had with Pokemon in all my life. Uh, and it's not just the the Pokemon. A game that I'm making it's not just only it's not only just the uh, the VGC stuff and traveling and everything like that oh meeting some of you guys have been amazing uh, I got in the hang of you guys has been great and when we go to NEIC I can't wait for everybody to show up with the skill L shirts and <laughs> have an absolute blast <laughs> You better buy one, Chris. You better buy the skill L shirt. Listen, I'm getting oh. I'm getting one just to put under my jersey, so the chance that I do get on stream or day two or anything, I'm wearing my jersey, and then I'm just going to open my jersey as I'm being interviewed for the skill L shirt preview. <laughs> yeah. For, for anybody that's listening, if you guys do, if any of you guys are going to NAIC in Ohio, if you see a bunch of people wearing this very crappy drawn Amoongus on a black t-shirt and it says skill L that is us come approach us come say hi we're, we're very we're very open as long as you guys are cool and stuff join the server and just make the uh, Pokemon community prosper you know that it has been well this has probably been the best community that I've been a part of and I've been part of like multiple communities like the destiny community um, been part of uh, Sadly, been part of the Call of Duty community, <laughs> but yeah. But other than like some moments in Destiny, this has probably been the be best community that I've been a part of so far. Heck yeah! Well, Hootie, I appreciate you jumping on today with us. You know, being out in Milwaukee and competing and being traveling right now, and 
being flexible and getting on the show with us. I really appreciate it. Um, oh yeah, no look problem. forward to having you on again. We'll all uh, we'll probably have a big recap with the whole group. Um, I'm planning a special episode for after NAIC. Um, so I'm sure we'll have you back on another episode here soon. Uh, we do have next week's guest, uh, which is Tarian Bradford, um, also known as Sticky. Uh, he's a VGC player out of Texas. I'm really excited to have him on. He's been streaming lately and had some really big stuff going on. Um, if you're a VGC player and you're interested in being on the podcast, email us at pokevolclub at gmail.com. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks again, Darius, Titan, you two traveling. Appreciate you being flexible with us tonight. Mm-hmm. No problem. So I did actually order the shirt, Tootie. Yes!